Hello and welcome to Pandemic Podcast, a podcast from Deccan Herald in which we focus on COVID-19 and the news around it. I am your host Akash Sriram. Today is the 38th day of the lockdown in the country. In today's episode, we look at what's brewing in the food and beverage industry. We also have a sports update. At the time of recording this at 7 a.m. on May 1st, Friday, according to the data maintained by Deccan Herald, India has recorded more than 34,800 COVID-19 cases. At least 1,150 people have lost their lives due to COVID-19. Maharashtra has crossed the 10,000 cases mark and has registered 459 deaths. In India, the recovery rate is just about 25%. But when we break this figure and look at the states, the southern neighbors Karnataka and Tamil Nadu are among the best. Tamil Nadu tops the list with 56.75% recovery rate, followed by Karnataka at 39.58%. Those who feature in the bottom of the list are Gujarat at 12% and Maharashtra at 15%. The numbers do hide a lot. Experts have said that the recovery rate is not an ideal parameter to measure a state's performance. as it depends on the number of patients in hospitals and their duration of stay it is possible that some states show relatively low recovery rates only because most of the patients were admitted within the past 2 weeks and will recover raising the state's recovery rate however karnataka has done a better job than tamil nadu in controlling new cases however karnataka has done a better job than tamil nadu in controlling new cases the doubling rate of cases is 21.6 days while for tamil nadu it is 19.1 days On Thursday, Tamil Nadu reported its biggest single-day spike of 161 people testing positive for COVID-19. The doubling rate for Kerala is 37.5 days and Telangana is 70.8 days. According to records maintained by the National Institute of Epidemiology in Chennai, Kerala and Telangana have flattened the curve. Himachal Pradesh has a doubling rate of 191.6 days, the best in India. With a fairly good doubling rate and rate of recovery, Karnataka's confidence seems to have been boosted. The state has decided to allow all industries located outside containment zones to operate from May 4th and to allow one-time interstate interdistrict movement of those stranded. The government is eager to set the engine of the economy running again. It had earlier permitted industries to start operations in green zones. Though it is a good news for industries, they also have to be very cautious. They will have to take precautionary measures on factory premises and ensure social distancing after they are opened. Officials from the labor department clarified that permission will be provided for industries to extend their working hours so that laborers can work in shifts. The move to allow one-time travel will benefit students and others who have been seeking permission to move to the native states or districts. However, people from containment zones will be allowed to travel only after they tested for the virus. The government has also appointed nodal officers to facilitate the smooth and orderly movement of people as per the standard operating procedure prescribed by the Ministry of Home Affairs. Law Minister of Karnataka J.C. Madhuswami said that the government will also allow people from Karnataka residing in other states to return if they test negative for COVID-19. Now that there is hope that things will get back to normal, what will happen to our favorite restaurants, breweries and pubs? Anila Kurian brings some insights from the food and beverage industry. 
Welcome to Pandemic Podcast. I have Anura Katriar, President of National Restaurant Association of India, and Priya Bala, a food writer and author of Startup Your Restaurant. The last month has been a very difficult one for restaurants in the country, especially because of the lockdown. There's also going to be a lot of changes that you know restaurants are going to see uh, once they open back up, especially when it comes to social distancing. So, Anurag, would you say that you know reducing the number of tables would be the right way to go about it? How can they look into the hygiene aspect of it um, once they open back up? So, Anila, let me start by saying that uh, businesses in the post-COVID era will be done in very different ways. You know, it's not going to be same as what we are doing today. And I think hygiene will become the biggest USP of any communication with your customers. No more about food. No more about uh, you know how good my place looks like. I think it's going to be different. Uh, now, what will happen? Yes, social distancing norms mean that we need to have lesser number of covers in the restaurant. But that's not where our problem begins and ends. I think it's about giving the confidence to the consumer that you are entering a place which is safe for you, and a lot goes behind the scenes. If I give you some very simple examples. Uh, you know, today, if you receive milk or uh, bread at home, you're washing every packet before mm. it is put to use. Now, imagine with 2000 SKUs coming into a kitchen every day. How do you manage that? You yeah. know, people are talking about uh, just like how security system changed after 9-11 with everybody wielding a you know, metal detector at the entrance of a mall or a restaurant. I think I will uh, see the same thing with the COVID-19. So it's going to be an absolutely new world. And lots of things will depend on four what I call unknown variables. I'll quickly take uh, one minute to give you all the four that I have in mind. Number one is how long does this lockdown last? Number two is how soon do we find an antidote or a vaccine to this uh, virus? Number three is if we don't have the antidote or a vaccine on the day lockdown is lifted, what is the mood in the air? Are people scared about there is corona in the air? And last but not the least, it will also depend on what is the final damage that is caused by corona in India. So if, if you are lucky to get over with, say, 1,500 deaths or 2,000 deaths over the next one month, the consumer behavior or the security hygiene norms will be very different versus, let's say, God forbid, four months and 20,000 deaths. So these are many unknown variables which will decide the degree of hygiene uh, safety that you need to take. Uh, but one thing is for sure, that's going to be the becoming the new mainstream. So would you say that food delivery is like the new thing now, Priya, since you have sort of helped or... Uh, have a guide to how a restaurant can run or when they're working. Would you say hmm. food delivery is the new thing now? And what are some of the things that they need to keep in mind if they're taking this full time? Uh, yeah, so I agree with what Anurag said, you know, it's really so many unknowns and imponderables at this time. I uh, saw a meme which said, uh, you've seen one pandemic, you've seen one pandemic. We haven't been here before. We don't know how things are going to pan out. But having said that, uh, in the interim, uh, as uh, you know, uh, people are like getting close to a lo uh, the lockdown being lifted and uh, thinking about it at least, especially because dining out uh, seems so fraught a prospect at this time. Uh, so I think delivery might uh, be a way uh, to kind of hang in there. I don't think it's a long term because um, as we've seen, especially because of the role of the third party aggregator, the NRI knows more about that. Mm. Uh, the uh, deliverables business is the kind of 
a bit of a mirage business, you know, it sales happen, revenue comes in, but profitability is questionable. And at the end of the day, uh, restaurants are there to make great food, but they also have to be profitable to be able to sustain. So, but uh, given the reality at this moment, delivery might be the way to go. A lot of restaurants, are restaurants which didn't actually promote uh, deliveries in any way are now talking about it. I see a lot of social media posts of, uh, you know, quite high-end restaurants, which are not known for their delivery entering that space. Again, hygiene is going to be uh, the big thing. So people, uh, customers will need to be uh, convinced and reassured uh, that what they're ordering. So the big challenge, I think restaurants will be able to, uh, it is a lot, there's going to be a lot of invest, uh, investment that's required in terms of uh, logistics, temperature checks, uh, and uh, you know, the, the way uh, uh, Anurag said about SKUs, how many come into a kitchen, cleaning them, cleansing them, all of that is going to be there. But I think restaurants will still, uh, they always have worked in very challenging environments, restaurant staff, for instance, they will get there challenge will be to put that out to the customer and say yes it's uh, safe to order now and do order because that if delivery picks up at least in the interim it gives restaurants uh, a bit of a fighting chance you know and not go down go under completely i feel uh, that might be one of the scenarios and restaurants uh, have, will have to keep the hygiene very high again also work on things uh, better logistics you know the, your entire menu cannot be delivered so it's about rejigging the whole thing all of that those changes will have to happen can i make two limited points yes. on this one on yes. delivery yeah so number one i think uh, you know while i know that uh, lots of restaurants will get into delivery space because mm. uh, that's like a little bit of a, a ventilator support system currently. Mm-hmm. But let me also tell you that deliveries will never be able to defray for the losses of the dine-in. Exactly. They will never become the mainstream. They will probably be a little augmentation to my dine-in business. So for survival, I need to have a dine-in business. Number two, I think there is going to be a little change in the psychology of people vis-a-vis delivery uh, consumption as well. And I'll tell you why. Now with new hygiene norms, I think it's a reputation of the place that will give them larger confidence than anything else. So I think rather than ordering from a unknown ghost kitchen, quote unquote, which I don't know where it uh, exists behind the beyond, I would rather order from a brand that I know I can trust. So I guess that will also be one of those... Uh, small changes we'll see in the space. But you know, um, Priya, maybe you can add on to this. If you are choosing to go to restaurants that only you are sure about, it's not necessary that you may be able to afford it all the time Mm -hmm. as well. Um, What can restaurants in that aspect do to make it slightly more affordable for them? See, I um, I understand what you're saying, um, Anila, but I really think uh, restaurants will have to uh, charge premium or, you know, uh, uh, price food at what it deserves to be priced. This uh, deep discounting, actually I wanted to come make that point. I, I agree completely with um, Anurag. Uh, deliveries again, the way delivery has been practiced thus far, cannot sustain a restaurant business. It's just a mirage. You see sales happening, you think some activities happening, you know. Uh, yeah. But with the commissions, and I don't want to take names and numbers, but this is what has been happening. So the way it can work, none of seeing like some of the star hotels, for instance, are doing deliveries uh, just to beat this fear of people going, uh, you know, not wanting to go out and which is going to, I think, last for some time. Uh, and we all hope that this fear psychosis will end, that, you know, the uh, virus, either the vaccine or the thing, or it just goes away from there and not normalcy we slowly slip into it we might also look at premium deliveries you know i think five star hotels for instance are doing uh, you know like custom made meals gourmet meals because if uh, uh, guests are not able to come to them uh, they have to go there so i really because i 
don't think we can go back to this uh, deep discounting and deals and things. We really should, the industry as a whole, I feel, should stand up against this. The discount can build business and uh, develop a sector is the most fallacious, uh, you know, kind of a narrative that can be peddled ever. Discounts can never build business. Okay, you have to understand that any any growth which is without a bottom line growth is not a growth. And today in the current delivery market, look at the reality. Aggregators are losing money. Restaurants are losing money. The year-round discount means two things. Consumers don't think discounts are special and government, lose, uh, government loses taxes because of year-round discount. So if everybody is losing where is the business growing and whom is it growing for? It's a big misnomer. I think in pursuit of blind uh, market share capturing, I think they have distorted the whole market. The only thing that has grown in the interim is the enterprise value of a couple of these aggregators. But what we have lost in the bargain is the growth in the entire sector. That's a very poor bargain. And what would you say about uh, the restaurant owners in terms of having to pay rent and whatever they have to do with their owners at the moment, the building owners at the moment. Anurag, what would your recommendations and suggestions be for this? So I have a very simple take on this. This is the biggest ever crisis faced by a living mankind. We have never seen something so big. And if this does not amount to force majeure, then let's not have that provision in the contract law of this country. This is totally unprecedented, yes, but this is totally out of control of everyone. So I guess uh, when force majeure kicks in, which is what some, uh, you know, we have asked for with the government as well, I, I think it will solve problem for everyone. For us, for the property owners, like mall owners. It's not that, I mean, mall owners don't have expenses. Yeah, They may have their own liability towards the banks, property taxes, and so on and so forth. A force measure, basically, till the time we are closed, puts everything in abeyance. As simple as that. And that's the uh, minimum you can do. But moving forward, after, you know, uh, you know what I call a post-COVID era, you know, one thing is very, very certain. That terms of engagement between every stakeholder in this ecosystem needs to be redefined and redrafted. Whether it is between a restaurant and uh, its employees, restaurant and landlord, restaurant and aggregator, or restaurant and the government. Everybody is a stakeholder. They need to be redefined. If we don't move into a variable model on rental going forward, this industry will not survive. And if industry doesn't survive, then, well, nothing is left to talk about. So we need to come out as in our collective strength. When I say we, I mean everybody in the ecosystem to make sure that the industry survives to fight another day. If we stick to, you know, the old terms of engagement in the new post-COVID era, then, you know, it will only lead to closures and legal hassles. And the killing of business is a certainty in that case. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, Priya, what do you have to say to um, customers and owners themselves right now as a very... Um, to be to stay positive, to think positively now and maybe in the few weeks, come, upcoming months and weeks now. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's hard to be positive at this time. But yes, uh, I really believe that normalcy will return. It might be some time. Everything is going to be redefined uh, the way we know uh, dining out. I mean, I, I write food and I'm time like, like, I don't want to go to any more restaurants, but I'm just sitting here fantasizing, craving about the next time I can go meet people, meet chefs, you know, meet my familiar wait staff, the familiarity, the comfort of all that. So we're really waiting for that. And I'm sure I'm not alone. There's 
thousands, millions of people who want that experience back. Uh, so let's just hope uh, that uh, when the lockdowns ease and we get back to normalcy, restaurants will be able to follow whatever social distancing norms we have to put in place in, in terms of you know fewer um, fewer covers within a in a particular space. That customers will uh, go back and uh, embrace this industry it's such an essential part of our urban lives you know you need that you need to go out you need to explore that cuisine you need to meet a friend over a drink it's also so important for our sense not just for recreation but i think for a sense of well-being you know so i just so hope that uh, uh, and i encourage people not to not to be so uh, when things return to normal at least uh, go back there and uh, you know patronize these restaurants which have given us so much joy we owe it to them and all the rest. Uh, I must tell you, Priya, you used a very, very important and a very strong word, which is hope. Yeah. Hope is your biggest strength and your fiercest uh, weapon in times of adversity. Yeah. We can't lose hope. Yeah. When people talk about, you know, fear of unknown, I believe in the hope of unknown. Things will happen. I am, I am all for it. Yeah. It's just that I think we'll have to look at it in stage wise. Yeah. First stage is to make sure that we don't die for which we need mm. support from every eco, everybody in the game. After that, we look at getting back to our feet. And in the final phase, we go back to our old vibrant self where we are innovating, having fun. India has a massive domestic market, which no other country barring China has. And that itself is a huge, huge benefit that we have. Number two, eating out in India is not only about filling your tummy. Yeah. It's a social event in, large yeah. way, in a large way. You know, when you go out with your friends or family or colleagues, it's no more about just that khana ka ke, butter chicken roti khaya nikal ke. Aisa mm. kabhi nahi hota. Mm. So it's, mm. a, it's a social event. So I think we'll bounce back sooner than what we think. And mm. I, I would like to live with that hope. I believe in that hope. That's great. Thank you so much, both of you, for your time. And um, we hope that this will all turn out to be a positive one, maybe in a few months when we talk again. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Priya. Thank you, Anirag. Thank you, Anirag. Railway networks are India's arteries. However, the center has decided that stranded people will be transported only by buses. Bihar, Telangana and Rajasthan have joined Maharashtra and Jharkhand to seek trains to transport stranded people. Bihar Deputy Chief Minister Sushil Kumar Modi has sought non-stop trains to bring laborers back. Back in Karnataka, the state government has received a different sort of request. State Minister Suresh Kumar has written to Chief Minister B.S. Yadurappa to bring in norms so that barbers and dentists can start functioning. Another trouble is lurking in Kerala. The state is witnessing an increasing trend in the number of unlinked COVID-19 cases with a source of infection remaining untraceable. To battle this, the state is focusing on enforcing stricter norms in enforcing hygiene. On Thursday alone, 954 cases were registered in Kerala against people for not wearing masks. What's happening in the world of sports? Here is Sydney Kiran throwing some light. Hello, I'm Sydney Kiran, Principal Sports Correspondent with Deccan Herald. And here are the latest updates from the world of sports. Firstly, let's talk about cricket, the country's favourite sport which has been ground to a halt like every other activity. It was reported in certain sections of the media that the ICC is contemplating on allowing players to use artificial substances to shine the ball. The governing body, according to the reports, felt the current practice of using saliva is an unhealthy one.
The idea, obviously, was met with mixed response. West Indian great Michael Holding felt legalizing ball tampering is a bit self-contradictory while South African legend Alan Donald gave it a thumbs up. What Holding can't fathom is that if people quarantine themselves and then start playing, why saliva can't be used? Pakistan's Wakha Yunus made it clear that use of saliva is a must and can't be done away with when competitive cricket resumes. Meanwhile, star South African batsman A.B. de Villiers of Wednesday denied being approached to lead the national team hours after a TV channel quoted him as saying that an offer has been made by the country's cricket board. On the Indian domestic scene, the BCCI has not yet made any concrete backup plan for the 2021 domestic season, which is due to start in August. General Manager Sapa Karim said the priority will be to organize as many games as possible amid the challenge posed by COVID-19. The season-ending Irani Cup, which is to start four days after the Ranji Trophy final, is still put on hold indefinitely due to the coronavirus outbreak. In women's cricket, despite concerns that cash-trapped governing bodies will give priority to men's events over less lucrative women's fixtures, star Australia all-rounder Elise Perry believes that women's sport will emerge unscathed. Moving on to football now. France's Football League declared the season over on Thursday with Paris Saint-Germain named as League One champions. PSG led the table by 12 points from Marseille when the season was suspended in mid-March because of the coronavirus outbreak. The announcement by the LFP comes after Prime Minister Edouard Philippe said on Tuesday that professional sports leagues, notably football, cannot restart because of the risk linked to the pandemic. While France has shut its season, Germany is keen to restart their interrupted campaign. While the initial date was moved to be May 9, the Bundesliga looks more likely to restart the following week. The Spanish La Liga and the Premier League are continuing on the efforts to resume the season with the players returning to minimal training while following social distancing laws. Closer home, Indian football lost one of its all-time greats, Chunni Goswami. The enigmatic midfielder passed away on Thursday after suffering a cardiac arrest. He was 82. Goswami played 50 international matches between 1956 and 64, including the 1960 Olympics in Rome, and was also the captain of the Indian team that won the Asian Games gold in 1962. He was also part of the silver medal-winning Asia Cup team two years later. First, for his service to Indian football, he was conferred with Arjuna Award in 1963 and Padma Shri in 1983. The iconic footballer who only played for Mohan Bagan dabbled his hand in cricket, post-soccer, and excelled in that too. He played 46 first-class matches for Bengal between 1962 and 1973 and featured in two Ranji Trophy finals. Talk about being a complete athlete. Moving on to tennis. The World Players Association has said that professional athletes across the world should not be rushed back to action once the pandemic subsides, and they must have a strong say in determining the conditions for their return. Britain's Andy Murray and Rafael Nadal of Spain also backed the association, saying that most important thing for players is to live their normal lives again first. The Olympics once again looks like it's on tenterhooks of a Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe said 
that it'll be impossible to host the games next year unless the coronavirus pandemic is contained. He also felt if a vaccine is not developed by then, the games could be in serious jeopardy. Elsewhere, the Badminton World Federation suspended the US Open World Tour Super 300 tournament to be held in June. The other tournaments affected include three HSBC WBF World Tour events headlined by the BLI BLI Indonesia Open 2020 a Super 1000 event plus a number of Grade 3 Junior and Para Badminton competitions. The governing body had last suspended Swiss Open Super 300 India Open Super 500, Malaysia Open Super 750, and Singapore Open Super 500 and Badminton Asia Championships. And that's all we have from the world of sports, which is going through a tough phase like millions across the world. We'll be back next week. Until then, take care and stay safe. That's all we have for today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Do rate and review us and follow us on Apple Podcasts. We are also on Google Podcasts, Spotify and many of your other favorite platforms. Do share this podcast with your friends, family and on social media. For latest updates on COVID-19 and other news, log on to deckandherald.com. Follow our social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Check out our e-paper at deckandheraldepaper.com. To be updated on the go, follow our Telegram channel t.me forward slash deckandheraldnews for instant updates. Take care, stay safe, stay indoors.